0: We all have a story to share. Thank Jewel for being honest. And you know, the more transparent, the more honest we are, the easier it is to share our story. And we all have a story. If you're born again, you have a story of before and after, even if you're not sure when the in-between happened. If you grew up in church, what I've realized is I started hearing stories the last few weeks, even Talked to one of my favorite people on the planet, my nephew, we were, we were talking the other day and, and he said, I'm not sure when that exact point happened. You know, if you grew up in church, you might not be, but you know what your life was like before and after. And we all have a story. And your story doesn't have to be radical like Jules. It doesn't have to be like mine. Listen, your story is how God designed it and it's incredible in the eyes of God. Amen? And your story matters to God and it will matter to people. Welcome, all of our campuses, all nine campuses. You picked a great weekend. Guest, we're thrilled that you're with us. By the way, God Behind Bars, hey guys, it's time to ramp it up. That is your campus. You have a story to tell there, and you've got t- tons of men that you guys can share it with. Farragut, come on, let's keep rolling. Building every campus. So now we, we, we embark now on our second chapter of Storytellers. And sort of the narrative in this series is this, that we want to uncomplicate the conversion, I mean the conversation of sharing your story and God's story with others. See, I don't know why the church takes something simple and makes it complicated. But doesn't it do it? It just makes things hard. It's just not that hard. The people of the in the in the first church, many of them uneducated, many of them couldn't read or write, and they spread the story. And so we want to uncomplicate the uncomplicated story of the gospel and the, your conversation and share it with God and with others. That's what He wants you to do. So if you missed last week, we launched out in this series called Storytellers. And and we, we went to John four where we watched the master at work, Jesus carrying a spiritual conversation of conversion to a woman that was far from God. And so if you missed it, go online and grab it. Go to our resource centers, any of the campuses, get a free DVD or CD and watch it because you need to see it. And one of the things I love most about the story is this, that the woman that Jesus carries on the conversation with is a social outcast. Divorced five times, shacked up with a guy, has to go to the well when nobody else was there because she was shunned by the other women because of her lifestyle. But can I tell you, see, we people shun and outcast others, there are no outcasts where God is concerned. Amen, I don't care where you've been, what you've done, no outcasts with God. Hey, the church those people out. The church those people out that haven't even come in yet. But that's not what God does in the uncomplicated story of his love. God doesn't have any. See, God is into recovery, rescue, and redemption. That's what God's story is about rescue, recovery, and redemption. Darkness into light. He's about saving people. That's God's theme all the way through this book. It's what God is all about. It's what his story, the reason God birthed Faith Promise 22 years ago was to get his story out and find a place that people that love his story can come and gather, that being judged and criticized. Does that that make sense? And love, no matter, I don't care if you're rich or poor, black or white, it doesn't matter where you come from. We all have a past. This is not your country club church. Amen, come on, you don't, listen, you go out in our parking lots, there are Hoopties and there are Mercedes. There are high end and there are low end. There are some that got pushed in and some that got driven in. I don't care how you came, what you look like, where you've been, God loves you and wants you in his story. Come on, somebody. Woo, my mercy. And so in that, even if you're on our online campus, we have online Facebook groups. We wanna help you, everyone, we wanna help you share your story. So if, you're, if you are not currently involved in a small group as adults, cause if your students, if they go to Wednesday night, they're already in a group. If they don't go to Wednesday night, they're missing something significant. But it, but an adult, if you're not there, I wanna challenge you, add to this message, go to the next step at all of our campuses and sign up because you're gonna practice You say, but listen, Pastor, I'm a little shy, I don't wanna share in front of you, listen, if you can't sit in a small group and break up in twos and share your story, you're not gonna take the Starbucks card we gave you last week with someone that is far from God and share your story. We just make it easy. See, we wanna uncomplicate the things that the church has tried to, has tried to complicate. Does that make sense? Every day I've been praying to you and these cars that God would give you the person to go share and that you would take that and, and that you would go and you would share. And and just and then what we're going to do is, this is the second week. Next week is the third week. The next week will be the fourth week. The fourth week of storytellers, I'm just going to share my story. And then we're going to take at the end, I'm going to give a gospel, give the, just give people an opportunity to respond. And then we're going to give people a chance to get baptized. Because that's what you do. You respond and then you go public with baptism. So it's going to be incredible. So the last weekend, man, I've been praying over that for months. Our staff, our team's been praying over it. So it's a great opportunity. Does that make sense? And so you simply don't want to to miss it. Now, as you get a chance to share, do me a favor. On the Starbucks card, by the way, Starbucks made the card for us with our logo and our stuff. Buy 5,000 cards, they'll put anything you want on them. And so, (laughs) it's just it's true. And so, but email the stories, the stories at faithpromise.org. So we're just going to compile those and use those. So it's a great opportunity. Now, if you remember July, it was a record month. Never seen anything like it. A thousand over the same month last year. And we did at the movies. Y'all remember that? Packed out. This is just incredible and, and incredible. And so, man, people came everywhere. Wow because people make space for stories. Matter of fact, if we were to be honest, a lot of people today would rather, matter of fact, pick the cinema over church. They'd rather, go to the, they'd rather go watch a movie than church because people make a space for stories. They love stories, they love to read stories, they love to hear stories, they love to go watch stories on television and movies, they love stories. And God said that we are all to be about the business of sharing the story, look at Matthew 28, which is, if you've been around church a long time, this is called the great commission, the great commission of the master that we would go and make disciples of all the nations. Now, literally, if you were to break this down syllable by syllable in the Greek, as Jesus spoke it, it says this, as you are going Make disciples of all the nations. As you're going to where you work, you play, you study, where you recreate, all those places that you hang out, that's where you go and you make disciples. And you baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You teach them to serve all that, we've commanded, all that I've commanded you and I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. How do we do that? We share a story. People give the hearts to Jesus. They follow him in baptism. They didn't go all to the church. They get plugged into a small group. And then we have disciples making disciples. It's what God has called us to do. Now, one of the last things that Jesus said before he jetted out of here, after he was resurrected, was Acts 1.8 but you will receive what? Power. Power. I'm not talking about some wussy, wussy, sissified Christianity. He said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And some of you say, Chris, I'm I'm just scared to share my story. Peter, remember the night before the crucifixion when Jesus is arrested, denies it before a teenage girl. I don't even know him curses. I don't know him. 10 of the disciples ran and hit. Judas hung himself. John hung out. But the 10 other, they were afraid to even go. They're terrified. And then what happens? Acts 1, the Holy Spirit comes. And and Peter, the same guy that wet feathers on his legs, I mean, now stands up and shares his story with thousands of people, the people that killed Jesus. He stands up and said, you guys killed him. He was the son of life. He is now your way to heaven. And 3,000 people give their heart to Jesus. When the Holy Spirit's come upon you, every day, church, every day, promise you you need to understand something. I pray that you'll have an actuated experience and you'll receive boldness and you'll receive a burden. Happened to me 34 years ago and I've never lost the burden. I've never lost the boldness. Are you with me? I just was impacted by the Holy Spirit, come on. That's why, because honestly, honestly, it's easier to build a church for Christians. They're all around Knoxville. Can I be honest? If I just gave everything all the Christians wanted, tame the music down, throw a couple hymns in here and there, give everything for me, make it about us, we could run 25,000 every weekend. And all the Christians would be happy and Knox County and all the surrounding areas would go to hell. See, I have not gotten over Acts 1-8 receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So if you say, Chris, I'm just afraid. Then if you're a believer and you're afraid, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the same Peter that was a coward is the same Peter at Pentecost. Except he's got the power of God. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, out most parts of the earth. You see that gap right here? Can I tell you right here? This book, this is where your story, right here. Man, God wants to put you in his library. He wants to pull you out and use your story all the time. See, what we got when we got saved, let me tell you what believers got. Believers, we now have the rights to the greatest love story ever told. We got the rights to the love story. Now listen, I'm not talking about a romantic comedy. I'm not talking about a chick flick. I'm talking about the greatest love story ever told. The gospel, the Greek word euangelion, which means good news. I don't know about you, but the gospel was good news for me. It's good news to people that are in prison to get let out. It's good news for people that have sinned to get set free. And in that gospel, James chapter two, and Jesus himself says it in John 15, he said, I now call you my friend. And we know this, what God calls you, calls you out. You're a friend of God. Can I tell you something? It's not hard to talk about your friends. If you hunt, it's not hard to get a hunter to talk about hunting. It's not hard to get, talk to la- get a lady to talk about a sale. I'm not talking about the thing on a boat. I'm talking about that thing that happens at the mall. That's not a hard age you're about to sell. No, really tell me. Where? What is it? How much off? See, we don't mind sharing good news. And the gospel, my friends, is good news. It's heaven. It's good news. You're a friend of God. Now the problem is that people would rather go to the cinema, as I said before, than to the church. And let me tell you why. I believe see, we want to blame Hollywood. We wanna blame the last generation. We wanna blame Washington. We wanna blame the culture. We, man, we throw down on everybody and blame them why people don't wanna to come to church. People are gonna to go to church because they've been. And here's the deal. We have lost our space for or in the story of God. We've lost the space to share. We've lost the space to care. We've relegated this to the preachers and the professionals and we don't think it's my part to share my story. It's all our parts, amen? And you say, but my story's not great. Listen, if you've been born again, it is incredible. I don't care if you got saved at eight and the worst thing you did was smoke an orange crayon. It's incredible (laughs) if you're born again, amen? It's incredible that you have a relationship, a love relationship with the the God of heaven and you're going to heaven. It's incredible. Again, it's my favorite story of people that get saved young, live right, parents take them to church, disciple them. Can I tell you, thank God for people that don't have the memories that I have. All the evil, all the filth that I did and saw, I'm forgiven. The devil can't make me guilty over it. But boy, I sure can remember and I sure hate it. So man, I love the story of somebody who got saved young. Shell's brothers got my favorite testimony. Saved at eight, called at 12, was a virgin when I did the wedding for him, never tasted alcohol, never smoked a cigarette, I mean, never did anything. Was a soul in a machine all the way through junior high. That dates you, high school. Man, I love that. Listen, don't, don't let anybody take your story away, amen? So here's the deal. When did the church of the living God stop caring about souls? When did souls quit mattering? Are you with me? When, when did that happen? See, you don't need to love somebody to yell at him. you're a sinner going to hell. You don't, to, you don't need to love somebody to judge them for poor life choices. You know something? People that have made poor life choices, they know it. And their life sucks because of it. And they live with regret and shame of bad choices that have made their current life a living hell. And we want to judge on top of that. It doesn't take any love to judge somebody. It doesn't take any love to throw out the movie cards in people's yards. But it takes love to sit down and share the greatest story ever given where you live, where you work, where you study, where you play, where you shop. See, that's where we make disciples. As you are going, make disciples of all the nations. Now, let me take you back. Peter, before Pentecost, has, he has denied the Lord, and then Jesus is crucified. Jesus is resurrected. He appears to Peter, who's gone back to fishing, by the way, Going back to his old life, thought thought all his hopes and dreams were dashed. Peter's fishing. Jesus makes breakfast on the beach. It's not the last Lord's Supper. I call it the Lord's Breakfast. He's grilled some fish. He's got some stuff going on. Peter pulls up and Jesus said, come here, Pete. we got to talk. And and, and, he's, he and then, then Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then I need you to take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. I need you to tend my lands. Peter, do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. I need you to share your story, and I need you to take care of people. But see, but what, the, what the words exactly say is this. Peter, do you agape me? Do you sacrificially love me enough to care for other people? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I phileo you. Peter, do you agape me? Yes, Lord, I phileo you. Will you sacrifice love? I brother love. Third time, will you agape me? Yes, I will phileo you. See, Jesus is trying to move Peter into more love and more caring for people. Because what motivates us to stay sharing our stories is that we love God and we love people. Are you with me out there? That we love God so much, then we just, because you talk about what you think about and you think about what you love. Is that right? If you love God, you're going to be thinking about it. But if you're thinking about it, you're going to be talking about it. See, let me give you the biggest, the biggest barrier to the gospel today. The biggest barrier facing the gospel isn't the hardened hearts of sinners, it's the hardened hearts of believers. See, some of y'all have been in church here a long time and you used to bring people. But you come alone now. We've we've relegated that sharing that story to other people. Are you with me? See, Jesus said the number one great commandment: love Him, love the Lord God, our heart so my strength. Second commandment is like His first: love your neighbor as yourself. Remember, Peter, do you agape me? Then I need you to care and share. Does that make sense? Are are y'all okay? You look like man, you're you've been hammered. Are you okay? Come on. Work with me, it's going to be okay. You say, Chris, I've wasted time. God's going to give us back the years, the locust date. He's going to use you like you've never believed if you'll get ready to share the story. Come on. So let me show you how Paul encourages the Corinthians and then us to make space for the story. First Corinthians 9 He said, though I'm free from all men, I'm born again, I am free, I am not a man pleaser, I'm a God pleaser, yet I have made myself a slave to all. Why? So that I may win more. And as I was reading this a couple days ago, this is what God really got me with. So that, as I read it, it was almost like those became highlighted in my Bible. You know what I'm talking about? So that, I think it's seven times in this paragraph. See, I became a slave so that I might do what? What? Win more. I'm gonna share the story to the Jews. I became a Jew so that I might win the, what? The Jews to those that are under the law, as under the law, though not, un, not being myself under the law. What? I might win those who are under the law to those who are without the law, as without the law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ. Win more. So that I might win more. Being my, and he said, those who are without the law, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men. By all means, I might save some. What is your so that? See, Paul said, you can sum my life up in this. So that I might by all means save some. What's your so that? Is it your net worth, the stock market? your manicured yard, your perfect house. Come on, those things are fine. There's nothing wrong with those. But to so that for a believer, God wants to elevate your life to a greater vision, to a greater vantage, to a greater ministry. God wants to take you and usher you into making a difference in people's lives forever. So that, I might say something, I do all things for the sake of the gospel so that what, I may become a partaker with it. And he talks about running the race and exercise self-control, go to the next one. I'm in a hurry, I'm way behind. And he said this, therefore, okay, go to the next one. All the way to the end, 27. Come on, here, we're rolling. He said, I would by my body and make it a slave. After I have preached to others, after I've shared the story, I myself will not be disqualified. He's not worried about about not getting to go to heaven. He's worried about losing the opportunity to share the story. The great drive of my life, the great apostle said, so that I might win more. It's what gets me up in the morning. It's what keeps me driving. Hey, this church is plenty big enough for me. Matter of fact, this church is so big, I am so far under the water. Listen, you want to keep, you keep your prayer life really, really intact, do something too big for you. Lead nine campuses with about 15 or 18 services every weekend. With, with, with all that's going on, I look and say, dear God, what do you want me to do? Are y'all with me? I do it, why? So that we might win more to make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee. That's the deal, so that. So I live, I share what? So that I might be more like Christ. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. See, he's not asking us to give our lives on a cross, but he is asking us to share his story. Why? God so loved he gave. We so love, we share. I so love the hearts and souls of people that I haven't even met yet that we share, that we, that we open a campus in Farragut. It always boggles my mind when people say, why are we putting a campus there? Or why are we putting a campus there? Because people are going to hell all around us. Does that make sense? So what do we do? We add value to their stories. See, God is working in the lives of people all around you. And God wants to intersect your life with their life, where you work, where you live, where you study, where you play, where you shop. God wants to, God's, want, God's intersecting your life so that you can help carry those people one step closer to Christ. See, we've got to recognize we, and respond to the open doors that God brings to us. And when you're equipped, which we do, by the way, I may not have mentioned this, in small groups, See, when you are involved and you are equipped, and the door opens, you, you don't act like it's not there. Because a lot of us are afraid, and we feel ill-equipped, and the door opens, and we just sort of put it in beef for boogie the other way. Does that make sense? So let me let me tell you how to add some pages to people's story, how to add value. One of my great mentors, I'm going to tell you who because he asked me not to share. Uh, his name, but one of my mentors gave six things. He said, Chris, these are six things you gotta do for people that are far from God. Are you with me? People that God is not a part of their vocabulary, not a part of their thought life. Six things that we need to do to add to their story, to add pages. The first thing we do is we give unconditional love. We give them unconditional love. And can I tell you something, listen. If you're listening, say I am. People that are far from God, listen they don't care about our churchy issues. Matter of fact, our issues are what divide us from people that are far from God. Are you okay? Are you okay? This is the deal. They need unconditional love from you. They just need to know that you love them. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Unconditional. Peter, do you agape me? Yes, I phileo you. Yeah, I brotherly love you. No, Peter, I need some sacrificial love that'll share and care for people that are far from God. And some people are hard to love, aren't they? They're just hard to love. Number two, build relationships. These are bridges to bring people to the Lord. Build, build relationships. Because so many people don't have meaningful relationships in their lives. They, they just don't, they don't have relationship. So if every year in the book that we were after you, we would put a top 10 uh, hit list of people that you need to, that you wanna bring to God. Man, who are you praying for? Build relationships. Hey, listen, care about their lives, not a notch on your gun belt. People see right through that. They need fulfillment. See, people have learned that money's not enough to make me happy. Are you with me? They know money's not enough. They're in the third marriage and they're bankrupt twice and they're trying to figure out, they need fulfillment in their life and only God can fill that empty void. they uh, They need meaningful relationships. See, their world is based on merit. You do for me, I'll do for you. You give a gift to my kid, I'll buy a gift for your kid. You invite me to the shower, I'll invite you to the shower. You give to me, I'll give to you. You buy for me, I'll buy for you. Are you with me? See, people far from God, that's the only relationships they get. Number five, they need to experience a better life. And here's your story. Listen, here's your story. So you got a before God, right? I don't care if you're right. When you got saved, there was before God. You knew there was something missing. There's a meet God. Even it took you five years, however long. And there's an after. Let me ask you a question. Is your life better after Jesus? You, you probably didn't understand that. Is your life better after you met Jesus? You have more joy, more victory, more purpose. Are you with me? Come on, are you, are you okay? Are you okay? So, so it's, it's what we've got to do. Experience number six, they need opportunities to meet God in their world. They need an opportunity because they're not coming to church. Matter of fact, you've invited them, they're not coming, are they? It's okay. They, we, they got it taken care of, come on. Folks up here. So it's the deal. Romans ten fourteen. Let's go. Romans ten fourteen. It's coming. How will they call on him to be saved? If they in whom they have not believed, and how will they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how will they hear without someone to share the story? So what do we need? We need a space to share. Amen? Let's just stop and pray. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. God, you know what's going on. So we ask you right now to touch that person and this service, God, that, that needs. Thank you for our EMTs. Thank you for our, our, our teams. And God, we just ask you to move right now in a powerful way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. All right, let them work. Eyes up here, it's okay. We don't need 20 people. It's good. Amen? Are you okay? Can you do it? All right, here we go. When the, when the, I, I, I love preaching. When the conversation is not complicated, the opportunities are obvious. When, when we made a conversation easy about knowing God, when we, when we learn to share a story, opportunities are all around us because now we feel good about doing it. But, it, but you need to understand something about their story. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. God does not change people to accept them. He accepts people to change them. <laughs> Amen. That's what we do. That's what we do. See, we want people to change and then we'll like them. We want change people to change and then we'll love them. Aren't you glad God's not like us? Thank God. He, God is not like, if I was God, I would have smote all of us already. You know, smite me, oh smoter. I would have, man, I would have done it, but that's not God. And see some of us, God, but I want to give you a warning. If you're listening, to Sam, If you're an alcoholic, don't go to the bar. Talk to your old friends. See, if you're not strong enough in your faith to go around people that are pulling you down, then you're not the salt and light yet you need to be to be able to go into some arenas. Are you with me? See, when I was in Jennings, Michelle and I were in South Louisiana, and I began to do a history of the city, a religious, you know, spiritual mapping, and I began to look at all that. There was a guy in Jennings named Ricky Bro. And Ricky was the originator of drugs in that town. Now, Rick's, man, I, and, so, and so I find out about him. So I go to his house. They said, man, you can't go to Ricky's. Said, I said, well, sure I can. Watch this. So I went, just knocked on the door. I said, Ricky, man, hey, listen, I want to come meet you. He said, I know who you are. I said, who am I? He said, you're free. You're, man, you're the pastor of that growing church. I said, no, man, I'm just a dude who loves you. I just want to come share a story. Really? Tell me about it. And I shared my testimony. Oh, that's cool. And I'd go back and visit Ricky. Rick would come to church every now and then. And I told him, hey, I'll be by next Tuesday night. And so I went by and I knocked on his door to his mom. Hey, pastor, I'm so sorry, Rick's not here. So where is he? Well, he's at the bar. Well, which bar? Well, that one right up there at the end of the street. I said, I'm gonna talk to him there. She said, oh, no, 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 you can't go in there. You're a man of God. <laughs> I said, yeah, I can go in there. So I go down. It was a rough, Cooney, Cajun hole in the wall. I walk in, smoke, no, hold it, I walk in. and say, hey, Ricky, come outside. The whole bar followed him. Now, if you've been there, why did they follow? Thought it was gonna be a fight, Jack. We might see some stuff up here in the house, man. Ricky about to whoop this skinny long, tall, curly headed dude about to get whooped in the parking lot. So man, Rick came outside, they off he started laughing, said, You guys go back in, it's just the preacher. <laughs> I never won Rick. I never won him, but can I tell you something? I was successful because I loved him with all the love I could give him and I shared the gospel with him every time I could. Listen, how they respond to your story and God's story is not your responsibility. If you'll share, hey, you know what? Ricky may have followed gotten saved after I left and loving God with all his heart, so I don't don't know. Are you with me? But I just, listen, I didn't have to work it up. I just went and knocked on the door and said, hey, step outside, man, I gotta meet you. I just wanna talk to you, bro. I'm gonna call him bro, cause his name's bro, but I said, No, I just wanna. So God's calling you to a higher level. God's calling you to share your story. Are you with me? Now, some of you said, Chris, I don't, know, I don't know that I have a story to share. Maybe you don't know God. Maybe, it, it's, again, it's like asking a woman, are you pregnant? She said, I think so. I'm sorta of pregnant. You're never sorta of pregnant. You either are, or you're not. And so, do you know him? Is he your friend? Maybe you don't have a relationship with him. You say, you don't know what I've done. God didn't care about the woman at the well's past, He didn't care about your past. He cares about your future. He's going to cover your sins and build a relationship. So, if you're ready for a relationship with God, He's ready with every head bowed, every eye closed. Just pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray it out loud. Just say this Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned and I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I will live for you. I will follow you. Now help me share the story in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Isn't it good to see God move and work?